Welcome to Sports Girls Podcast, brought to you by sportstalk.ie. Check out gemevents.ie, candy carts, chocolate fountains, selfie mirrors. We got all your party needs covered at gemevents.ie, healthandfitnessireland.net. We put you back in control of your health, fitness, nutritional and well-being needs through education, advice and motivation. Check out healthandfitnessireland.net. Looking to dance the night away? Check out thelols.ie, the perfect sound for your next wedding, party or function. Great set lists lively and sure crowd pleasers hello and welcome to this week's sports girls podcast our guest tonight is tyrone footballer Gemma begley Gemma became an all-ireland winner back in september when tyrone claimed the intermediate title and she is nominated for the intermediate players player of the year award we also have our resident expert on tonight mio's finest diana O'Hora. right before we start we on sports talk would like to extend our sympathies to the Lachlan and O'Driscoll families and Clunkill GAA on the tragic death of little Annabel Lachlan recently. Annabel's father, Enda, is a former Westmead player and a Clunkill stalwart. His cousins remarkably lined out on Tuesday night last in the Leinster Hurling Championship against Ballyboden. They may have lost the game, but Clunkill captured the hearts of the nation. There was a message displayed on the scoreboard in Parnell Park and the Ballyboden players formed a guard of honour for the Clunkill players at the end of the game. It really was remarkable gestures. The GA, as we know, is one big family and we will always rally round in times of need. So sleep tight, little Annabelle, and please God, her parents and her family will get comfort in the next while. So, right, girls, there's been so much talk lately of the GA. Now, they've got new proposals, the LGFA, for the under-16 and under-14. The association wants to scrap the inter-county championships and replace them with blitzes. And there has been outrage. A lot of counties have come out. I know that Ulster especially have come out. Leinster are having a meeting soon. The LGFA have done so many good things um, over the last number of years. But I really do think this is not one of the better ideas. What do you think of it, Diane? Um, it's just a proposal for now, Denise, isn't it? Yeah. From what I'm aware of, yeah. So I think with the reaction that they're getting, it probably won't happen. Um, the idea of reducing the championship down to blitzes um, would, I just think, wouldn't be ideal whatsoever. Um, when you look at, you know, 2020, if you look at that campaign itself, um the fact of like trying to get more people to attend these games, if it's just a one-off weekend or a one-off day, you're minimising your opportunity of creating that bit more of a buzz around it. And remember, GA goes back not only to county and club, but it's really deep in the community, as you're just after saying there, um, you know, at the very start. It is so deep. And, you know, with with players playing these on a blitz and with management teams, you know, putting in so much time preparing them, and it could all be over in a day, um, I, I genuinely can't see it going ahead and I just don't think it would do any, any good for, for the kids um, and for the growth of the game, to be honest. Yeah, Ulster were very vocal, um, as I said, Gemma. It is, it, it's a ridiculous proposal. I don't know who thought of the idea. I, um, I haven't looked at it that closely, to be honest, but I've seen the, the reaction. Uh, Ulster very vocal, I suppose it'd like to be heard. Um, Ulster says no. But it was, that's <laughs> it in this case. Um but I would say ladies football will take all that on board uh, and review what the, what the, what's coming back from uh, the development officers and the, the people on the ground. Um, I think Ulster was the first Aaron that had sort mm. of that. Um, 
So I'm sure they're probably smart enough to take that on board and, and take it back and review it before it goes to, to Central Council. Right, there's another thing coming up soon. Um, the WGPA are doing a lot of good things and they have a, a player performance workshop coming up. That's on in Tanta College on the 17th. As a player, I know that you're involved in the WGPA and we'll talk about that after, Gemma. But as a player, um, these workshops, how much do they benefit players? How good are they? Um, I, it's a good uh, relationship we have with Satanta. Um, we have, this is only the second one now that we're doing. Um, the second, I suppose, one off day workshop thing, but we're, we've actually got about five girls who've signed up this year doing um, strength and conditioning courses, personal training courses. Um, and Satanta are brilliant. Um, they give us, like, they give our members 40% off. Um, some of the courses and uh, I can save them I suppose up to a thousand pounds nearly at times um, which is fantastic um, the point of the workshop I suppose is bringing together and just doing a bit of knowledge sharing um, I suppose raising expectations around what uh, high performance looks like um, it's very individually focused so there's a lot of uh, self-assessment work um, things that can be doing themselves um, the guest coach coming in this time is uh, Dr Ed Coughlin and uh, I've read some of his articles on that. He seems to be um, very well thought of in the, the sort of area of skill acquisition. So it's it's about player, players going away and taking ownership of translating what they do in, in training into um, match day. Um, so it's, it's something new. We had a great response the last time. Um, there seems to be a good sign up this time as well. So uh, I'm hoping it'll be a, another good day and nothing beats bringing players together like that it's, it's sort of the best buzz you can get for any of the events and the thing about it is it's yeah. listening to someone else talking and a different voice and I suppose I know you said there's a lot of it's got to do with you know player assessments and individuals but when you're talking to other people you might actually get tips or you might get something that might help you yeah that's it and it's probably a lot of shared experiences um, across different counties um, and it's only when you bring players together like that Um and sort of provoke a lot of thinking amongst themselves uh, that they they sort of come to a, um, a realization that you know there's a lot of things I suppose uh, that they all share and uh, they can get great ideas off each other as you say is right. Diane, you know you're you, you're both sides. You've been the player, you've been the coach. Um, would you have done something like this um, as a player and as a coach? Would you recommend your players to you know to go out and and get something like this? Am I am I challenge them in some ways? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think every coach now is like trying to do research all the way through the off season and, you know, preparing for the following year. Like, what do they need to know? Where can they bring more value to it? And courses like that for players to get it, it's absolutely fantastic. And I know from the other side, like, you know, some of the things that I learned from a workshop that I went to a few years ago um, with the LGFA was on injury prevention. And, you know, it might be just really good fortune um but we've, you know, in teams that I've coached, I've actually I've used that. And, you know, Dave here that you knew in Longford as well, um, the same warm-up. I've, I've used both of those in how they've tailored a warm-up to try and bring everything you can into prevent ACL. Um, you know, acute, you're not going to prevent. Mm. Um, but in terms of the strength condition, I mean, it, every player is involved in it now. They really have to be. And it's for injury prevention as opposed to anything else. And I just think from a coaching point of view, you have to do everything that you possibly can to make sure that your team, from a health point of view and from a training point of view, are as prepared as they can be. And exactly just what Gemma is saying, like providing, 
you know, skilled workshops like that um, with the Santa College is a great opportunity for the WJPA members, um, as well as, you know, they'll be able to take that back from a personal point of view and uh, I suppose to their respective teams as well, like, you know, stuff that they get to, to learn on the course. Right, girls, we have big games coming up on the club scene. And when when you look at the club scene and you look at the, the provincial winners, like out of that three of the four teams in the senior competition, their counties reached the All-Ireland semi-finals. Does it, so does it kind of tell you something? Karen O'Connor gone, so we're going to have new senior champions. And the other clubs that have been there, like you have Donamore, Moran Abbey, um, you have, or Donamore Abbey, then you have Moran Abbey, you have Fox Rock. You know, these teams have been so consistent in re- recent years. And also Tyrone are represented in the junior um, Gemma with Trillick. Yeah. Does it say something, you know, when, when you look at the senior teams and see that um, their counties are doing well in football? You know, I suppose the club scene, if it's so strong, it only augurs well for your county. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, there's probably definitely a, a correlation there that, um, between the, I suppose, the players involved as well. If you look at uh, each of the teams you mentioned, yeah. uh, I suppose the O'Sullivan's down in Moran Abbey and the, uh, the Courtney's up in Dunlop Um And then I suppose there's a bit of a spread in, in the Dublin contingent yeah. then with Fox Rock, Clem Tilly. So um, it's probably the, the individuals, the, the, the spine of the team, if you like. Um, it's driving, it's driving the top level teams. Um, and I know Trillick, uh, from Trillick this year on a great run, and they've uh, we have a couple of members played with Trillick. Um, we have a Brennan was flying. Uh, I'd say she's a, a massive strength for them as well. So um, I think it does, it does pay the, the experience and the, the whatever they bring back to their clubs. If you like, you, you would like to think that it's a, a really positive thing for for each of the clubs. And it's great to see that it's it's actually getting out there. You know, this 2020 is going to start, but the LGFA this year have been sending out um, press releases nearly every weekend on the club scene. They nearly have match reports on games. Now, they probably have definitely match reports and reaction now to the upcoming games because, you know, we're at the penultimate stage of the championship. But like the club scene in Ireland, especially ladies football, is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really, really competitive. I mean, I'd be, you know, looking at the likes of, like, when I was down with Bridget and Roscommon, it was really, really, it was hard to win a, a county championship, mm-hmm. never mind getting to a kind of final. You're looking the same in Longford, like, in my experience. In Down, it was very competitive as well. Like, mm-hmm. I really, you know, supporting players and, um, you know, within in the club situation, it, it, is, it can be sometimes a very long year, but there's still games in Dublin left to be played because, everything was put on hold, we'll say, while the championship was on over the summer. And I think that's probably the only thing that I think is difficult for club players right now is to still be playing these games that some of them matter and some of them really don't. But we're in November. And I suppose if it's come back to preparing players, you know, for the following season that starts back again in January, you just would wonder sometimes where they're, where they're going to get some rest. But, yeah, I agree with that, Denise. I think club football is really flying it. Um, and it is a credit like from bottom to top and top to bottom in terms of the marketing and exposure. Everyone's getting much better at writing reports and, you know, getting it, getting the information out there of where the locations of the games are. And I do know there's a few times last year where, you know, even a week before a game, we you still might know where it might be, like mm. at the county level. And that's probably what someone like Armagh are trying to change by having their own home grounds. And, you know, I think that's a great, that's a great thing to look for the future as well, where, 
like county ladies teams will have their own home grounds and stuff like that. But yeah, club football is really it's and these last two games they're gonna be they're gonna be very I just wouldn't like to be playing Fox Rocks. I was go- I was actually going to going to say to you, seeing that um you know Carnacon a uh, club from your own county are out of the championship, you know, it's anyone's and like Fox Rock, when you look at them, Fox Rock have never won in All Ireland. The same with Moran Abbey. Um I was gonna ask you who was your tip for us? Well I'd be tipping I think um more Abbey and I'd also be tipping Fox Rock Cabin TV. Mm. I think I I was working that. That could be your final, I think. Yeah, that's just what I'd be looking at. And then Fox Cab have they'll probably feel they have a lot more to prove being so close for the last four years mm. and just not getting that ultimate trophy. So um I think that they'd be very hungry for it. And if you saw the way they're playing, you'd you'd be probably tipping them too. Are you the same, Gemma? Are you kind of looking I'm towards not, Dublin? I'm the same. Yeah, I think Fox, it could be their year. Um, Fox Rock, Kevin Tilly, um, just that experience. Of, I suppose mm. they've been knocking on the door for the last few years as well. Um, and uh, that experience, I suppose, will sharpen them a bit. And as Dan said, they'll be hungrier than ever, nearly. Right. At the time of recording um, this podcast, we've had um, a few announcements with counties, with managers. Um, Diane Peter Leahy sing on in Mio till 2021. Darren Bishop in Loud, you know, Darren took over Loud after Michal McKeown, uh, Lord of Mercy, and passed away. And then uh, in my own native county, we have um, End Assured and the Westmead man, you know, we're allowing him in, you know, we're allowing him across the border and Assured taking over. I suppose the big one was Peter Leahy, but it's not a surprise because it was kind of expected that Leahy would be given a new contract or you know, or maybe was the timing wrong or is the timing right or how do you think, what do you think of it? Um, well, from from what I was just reading today as well is that it was a unanimous vote, um, you know, for him to get an extension until 2021, I think. And I suppose there's huge faith in, you know, what he brings in into the county in terms of his professionalism, his record has been very good. Um, you know, he obviously had a very tough year this year and, you know, Gemma would probably know a lot more as well in, in terms of, you know, the issues that, that arose there. And, you know, the WGPA would have come out and made statements on it as well. But I think in terms of of Peter being there for a couple of years, I just, I can see a trend in every team. You know, when a coach comes in and is gone, how many female managers have come in and coaches have come into teams and they're gone after a year? You know, a player doesn't like the way they talk to them. Maybe they're, you know, they have a lot of discipline or, you know, they want people on time or they try to change things. And usually that happens, you know, from my understanding, would be when teams are losing and someone is brought in to try and change that losing habit or what has been happening for so many years. And sometimes it can go well and, and sometimes it can't. Um, some people don't want to change or maybe, you know, give the new players a chance or whatever the case might be. Um, but I, I genuinely believe that it's, it's a key factor and it's really important given that they're given more than a year to I think to try and make a difference and how often have you seen it in the last I think the Monaghan manager went in I know Lisa Woods was with Fermanagh um, these I'm not quite sure like how these managers would be gone in you know in one year and in my mind I think that is something that would need to be looked at because you know even when it comes down to clubs you're seeing a huge massive turnover of management and it's just so hard to explain and from all of the research that I've been doing the last week or so and managers and coaches that I've been talking to, they've found that there's a lot of almost like 
you know, there's empowerment now and everybody wants players to have empowerment. But they also have to meet, like, the coaches and the management halfway as well. And I think that's, that's what's just a little bit of, uh, and this is, you know, I'm not, I'm not speaking on Mayo's behalf because I don't know enough about that situation. But from my own behalf, I do think it's important that managers have consistency and coaches, you know, over a period of time rather than just a one-year, a one-trick pony and let's see how we go. And if that doesn't work in a year, then we get someone else. I just think it's a really naive approach and really kind of, you know, immature sort of view as to how we actually get success. Well, you look at Tyrone and Gemma's own county, um, you suck with your manager and you know, in September, you finally got that that that, that award. And you got that uh, All Ireland title. Um, I suppose yourselves as players, you can only do so much. And the manager, you know yourself, and you have to work together as a team. Was it easy for you to say, "Well, listen, we want Jerry to stay on for 2018, and we're going to go for the All Ireland"? Um, it was. I there's a great setup there now in place. Um, county board manager and players, I suppose, are all on the way, one way of length. Um, and like you'll have to just get a, well you just have to get a decent PRO up there now. <laughs> we'll work on that. We'll work on that. The ADM is next, next week if you're looking for a job. <laughs> I know I'm grand. I get uh, I'm PRO of hours, but I know Paddy's um, a hard act to follow. He is. Um, but yeah, but like that's um, probably on the back of five or six really bad mm. years. Um, in like terms of managers maybe staying one two years max. Um, after the 2010 final, we we went through a very lean patch, I suppose, and a lot of players for different reasons stepped away between emigration and I suppose moving on in their lives and everything else going on. Mm. Um, and it was really tough. Like that was. I suppose by the time we'd got to 2015, uh, we were barely hanging on in, in Division 1, um, probably winning one match every league just about to keep us up and um, barely winning games in the Championship. Um, and I'm gonna, that's, I suppose, initially why Tyrone uh, regraded in 2016, was it? That, uh, yeah. Just because we had lost so many players, literally, there was nearly a full team gone over the, the couple of years before that. Um and I suppose I probably wasn't particularly happy with that at the time. I didn't play 2016 um, because we didn't have a manager in place. It was actually Jerry came in at that stage, but he wasn't appointed until the week before the league. And like uh, after you've done that for maybe 10 years in a row, and uh, I suppose you've, you've seen the good days, yeah. and you probably know what a good setup should look like. Um, it's very, very frustrating, to be honest. And you just want the best for your county at all times. But... Um, I suppose my heart wasn't in it that year. Um, You've been very honest. And then a couple of factors, but uh, that's like obviously Jerry's come in and done an awful lot of good work. Uh, the county board, have, I suppose, got right behind him and whatever he's asked for. He's got a great coaching team in place. There's an awful lot of youth coming through. It's probably just a combination of factors. Like mm. you probably look at us and think uh, it just kind of happened, but it's um, it's it's the same combination of factors have come together. Uh, and I suppose the real challenge now is sustaining that. Um, you look at Tipperary last year. Yeah. The momentum that they had, it was a wave of success, and uh, it was to get up to senior. Uh, it probably felt like you know that they wanted to sustain that and push on. Um, I suppose that's what's in the back of Thrones mind this year is to be uh, just to to stay competitive. I suppose for the next couple of years and try and, and consolidate your positioning. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So we're we're acutely aware of that at the minute, I suppose, and, and prepared for that. But um no, there's a great setup there and I thank God after all the bad days. Mm. Well, I have to say congratulations on finally getting that elusive All Ireland medal. Yeah. You know, it must have been tough. How do you motivate yourself 
after defeats. I know um, a local club um, in Longford, um, they lost four county finals in a row. And to ask the players, you know, how do you demotivate? And they said, you know, a couple of days afterwards, it's it's the toughest. And then you realise, you know, you have to go again. Is that something mm-hmm. that said that you thought, I have to do it again? Uh, it's just, just, I suppose, what's in you. It's just an addiction. Mm. Um, when you, you know nothing else, I suppose, for your, your whole life. Um, yeah, it's that competitive spirit. And, like, it is enjoyable. Like, the girls that you be, you be going travelling with and, and training's enjoyable and it's good crack. And um, I suppose when you feel like you're going to have a good chance of at least being competitive or maybe achieving some success over the season, um, there's an extra spring to it. And, um it is. It's just uh, just as goes out of enjoyment and the, the competitive spirit that um that keeps me going anyway. So and from uh, it wasn't wasn't tough. From from your side, Gemma, like, you know, you know exactly what it takes to be doing inside outside of training, you know, to uh, to be match fit and so on and so forward and stay injury free. Like, you know, from that point of view and also like in terms of like being an executive with the WGPA, like how how did you balance that? Because you guys do a lot of travelling, don't you? Um, I'm probably lucky enough that I can. Uh, I'll have stayed at home most of the time last year, um, and then can go down to Dublin, I suppose, and try and do as much as possible when I'm down there. Um, but it is just, I suppose, it's just prioritising your time and time management and. Uh, Plenty of planning because all the things to be preaching to everybody else. Uh, I suppose you have to hold yourself to account as well. Um, but uh, no, it hasn't been too bad to be honest. This same year actually is a lot worse. In the off season, there's a lot of workshops and planning meetings and different things going on. So um, it probably works out okay. <clears throat> I saw that you um, you tweeted you did an executive meeting this week in Portlaoise and you you know you create a lot of plans for next year. Can you divulge any of those? Um, it's just probably. Um, just everything is ongoing and, and hopefully continuing to develop. Um, we would do all our player, player development programs, um, all the off-field stuff, as we call it, the education support, scholarships, um, as I mentioned, Satanta, we a good connection there. We would do master scholarships with uh, four different universities. Um, we do personal development coaching. Uh, we would work on the Madden Leadership Program. It's in conjunction with the main, and we're actually recruiting for it at the minute. Uh, so a wee, a wee shout out for anybody that's interested to to get in touch and apply for that. I actually, sorry, um, I read about that. Um, could you give us a little bit more information yeah, on it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's called the Jim Modern Leadership Program, um, and it's a program for intercounty players, um, run through the GPA and the WGPA. Um, there's a guy, Mike Mike Modern from Port Road down in Tipperary. Um, he's a very um, He's a mad GA man, just, and uh, he's a, a very generous supporter of it. Um, so it's it's named in honour of his father. Um, I think his sister might have actually won a camogie all Ireland. Uh, I don't know if it was club or county, but um, there's a great GA connection there. But it's uh, it's a bespoke leadership program. Uh, there's sort of um, not too academic. It's very like workshop based, and then there's um, a program where players go back into schools and deliver a, a workshop with. Kids, uh, 11, 12 year olds, um, giving them edu- or giving them lessons on uh, sort of things areas like uh, healthy eating, community responsibility, um, leadership. There's different topics, um, and it's great. The kids love it. I suppose it's a tangible way to connect them with role models and get these great messages about uh, you know uh, how to be I suppose better people themselves. Mm. Um, 
And then uh, the other side of it, I suppose, is within the workshops, uh, the players get to meet, I suppose, role models in business. Um, so there would be sort of uh, face-to-face Q&As and um, sort of interactive workshops, role plays. There's a development centre day. It's quite intense, but uh, it's really, really enjoyable. I don't know myself the first year of it, and I just couldn't speak highly enough of it, so I got so much out of it. Um, so it's it's ama- it is amazing to see so many changes and so many great initiatives that, you know, the LGFA and the Camogie and now the WGPA that you have. Because, um, you know, years ago you just played football and there was nothing, there was no real support, whereas now really? you have everything. That's it, that's it. It's all the, all the good stuff. Um, it was just on the football side of it as well. We we work on the, the government grants along with Ladies Football and Camogie. Uh, associations, um, so that's probably a big part of the work as well. Um, every intercounty squad gets a, a bursary towards yeah. their sports science supports. Um, this ring fence for three specific areas, which is preventing injury and medical support. Uh, sports are improving individual and team performance, and the third bit is for facilities, uh, specialist facilities. So that's this is the second year of it is complete now, um, and we are. Looking ahead, hopefully, to, um, we haven't had any more confirmation or anything yet, so, but we're really hopeful that it'll be sustained because it's, um, I think it's having a good impact across the country. And that's for, uh, 55 squads across, uh, ladies football and Kogai. So. So Gemma Begley, the footballer, I actually read that you were the only girl when in national school, um, you were the <laughs> only girl on the football team. You know, did that phase you or was it just something that you didn't think about it? Uh, no, I was just probably one of the lads at the time. There was only about Tomboy. seventy. There was only about seventy in the primary school, anyway. So uh, it was that or playing their own, really. But um, the that was great. It was just the lads didn't like any of it, I suppose. Um, <laughs> and it was probably our school. I sort of was sort of out in a wee rural school, but the local club then was a sort of a bigger school. Mm. So it was a, the school secretary then that took me up to the football club and uh, joined Carrick more than probably, but. I'd say 11 or 12, uh, thrown into senior training, so it was great. I didn't know what ladies football existed before that, so. Isn't it amazing? Um, I can imagine Diana Hoare doing something like that, being the only girl amongst all the fellas. Yeah, I've just been reminiscing here, Denise, on, <laughs> like where, where Gemma mentioned, um, how, yeah, maybe some of the lads weren't, weren't too pleased with the idea of her playing. So I remember that, um, the lads when I played with the Key National School in the Battle Town League, when we used to have our, our, our games, um, they used to just be really upset having to wear their shorts um, under their tracksuit bottoms because we'd all be in the same dressing room changing before the match. So they were, they were very sensitive um, back in those days. But it was it was really great fun, and I agree with what Gemma said. And um, in case I forget, Gemma, congratulations on the All Ireland. Um, what a great day for Tyrone! Great day for yourself, and you know I wish you the very best of luck as well on the Intermediate um, Player of the Year. So, how many weeks away is the All Stars? Uh, the All Star is three and a half weeks at this stage. I'm trying to hibernate at this stage. There's been so much on since the All Ireland, and then I'm going to have to go now. <laughs> the All Stars night, but um, no, it'll always be a great night. Brilliant and great catch ups with everybody. So, and you have some great celebrations with some local singers, um, country singers, don't you, <laughs> up in Toronto? Uh, yeah, Auntie Philomena's been your best friend, I think. So, hadn't met her for 33 years, and then we met her, but about three times in three weeks and had her home from the men's all-air final with us uh, up in the car. So 
Well, that's I mean, amazing. Secondary, secondary supporting the Lancer ladies. There's a, there's a trend starting. I tell you, that's it. You know, we're leading the way. Um, Gemma, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the the ladies all star, the Camogie all stars, and you know, going, going through the various grades, and they have the soaring so, soaring stars. Is that something that the ladies could bring in? Because I know so many counties, and I suppose you yourself found it when, you know, when Tyrone had to go back down to intermediate, some cracking players in junior and intermediate. But, you know, when it comes to all-star time, because it's open to everyone, it's very hard for someone from a junior or in an intermediate county to actually make that grade or even be nominated for an all-star. I think it makes so much sense. It was actually at the Camogie All-Stars um, there on Saturday night, and it was uh, it's brilliant. Like, and ladies football is a completely different night in terms of the show, and there's so many acts at it. But uh, like the players probably would take more out of it. Uh, it would mean so much more if you could sort of reward the the equivalent of the soaring stars um, in ladies football. Um, to me, it would be. I think it would be far more valuable to the night if you like um, and it's definitely something players would appreciate um, I suppose and it's all about the recognition of players is what we what you've already addressed I suppose in the, the 2020 um, the more of them mm. that they can, you can recognise and celebrate and honour I'm sure it would only be a good thing I suppose Yeah because I'm actually talking to two All-Stars you know kind of the odd one out is, is Misha here you know the nearest I'll get to an All-Star <laughs> is, in, is interviewing them but um, you know because it's an amazing honour you know for yourself and for your yeah. county yeah, it's changed, um, you know, as Jen was saying there, like being at the All-Stars and the Camogie All-Stars last, last, um, last week, the, the, uh, you know, getting an All-Star has changed so much. Like it will still mean the same to you because it was, you know, so long ago and it's such a nice thing to remember as an individual award, I guess, um, a recognition. But, um, yeah, looking at now, you know, every two years to have, I know that last year was the first year Camogie had, had a trip away to, Spain, I think, the Camogie All-Stars. And then, you know, you're looking at, like, the Ladies Football All-Stars. They've, they've had so many amazing trips, actually, in the last few years that it, I think, from my point of view, it would be nice to see, you know, the the equivalent um, celebration, the equivalent type of trip for Camogie as what Lady Footballers get. And I know that what they've done in the team of the leagues and they've recognised players in all of divisions. I think that's a really great step, um, whether you're a division four or division one, that they have a team of the league and that's great recognition. But the same, I completely agree with what Gemma had said and yourself, Denise. It's about recognition, like, you know, it's about that girl and her family going up for the All-Stars. Now, you know, maybe the venue doesn't have the capacity, I'm not sure, like there might be other logistics that they're worrying about. Um, but I think it would be just such a massive celebration that, you know, that intermediate teams be recognised as well as junior teams. Cause, look at the know, men, or look at the hurlers, sorry. Um, you know, we had a guy from Longford, Johnny Casey, went up last week to be on, he was on the team for the Nicky Record, uh, Laurie Marr, and to Johnny, it was just, that was his all-star, and it really was an all-star. And it would be, even if you had to do a junior all-star and, and even do it what they do beforehand pre- presented earlier or, you know, because obviously the, the seniors are, are the all-stars are going to be the major one. But to, to give those players, because, you know, you've done it, Diane, and Gemma's done, doing it now. And I think it's harder now to be an intercounty player. So it would be lovely to see these girls getting some kind of reward for, for what they've, they've put in. I know, um, kind of, 
on the opposite side, I'm kind of one of those people that kind of I don't like individual awards because man of the match awards or player of the year awards and stuff like that. But, you know, when you're going to have an all-star or something like that, you know, open it up to everyone. I don't I don't think there's any any negative at all out of doing it. Um, mm. I don't see why it can't be done, to be honest. Um, and the opportunity is there, I suppose, when you have an eight anyway. Um, and there's so much good football throughout the year, even what, what people see on TV. And, and, you know, it's just building that awareness um, and recognising, as you say, the players' efforts. Um, I definitely think it would be worth looking at. And if people have been thinking it for the last couple of years, you, you know, the LGFA will be well aware of it as well. So, you know, it's highly likely it's something that they've planned for the imminent future of it, I'd say. I'd, you'd, you'd hope so. Because, as you said, Gemma, there's, there's nothing negative out of it. There's only positive. Mm-hmm. Um, from a WGPA point, um, Gemma, do you have any plans to work directly then with the 2020 campaign? Or have you, have you discussed it as an executive meeting or anything like that? Uh, not really. It's, uh, I suppose it's probably been more with NDBs. Um, I, was, I went to the launch myself and it was brilliant. Um, I just think anybody should hear Casey Stoney speaking once, at least once in their life. Um, she's just a brilliant, brilliant person and role model, I suppose, and, and in terms of what we'd be talking about, about players. Um, and then her continued development into the management, her, her journey's just been, um, I suppose, inspirational. Um, but it's it's great to see, like, and all the branding around it is top class. Uh, it looks the part. Um, so I, I think it's a really professional job, and I suppose whatever we can uh, top in at any stage, players will be involved anyway. Um, so whatever way we, we can support that, we're, we're sort of open to it. Yeah, because when you look at it, Diane, it's really a whole change. Um, you know, we've mentioned before about Lidl and coming in with the GA and the LGFA and even the Camogie getting out there now of getting the players. So this is the next step and I'm hoping that it's not going to be and we said it before um, on one of the podcasts that it's not going to be confined to the bigger counties that, that you know that it does go down and you know something in Longford Leitrim um, you know the, the areas Carlow Kilkenny where there is ladies football and where there is camogie that um, you know and it wouldn't be as, as top as the other counties that you know that they get something out of it and um, you know the, the, the players that they themselves kind of, you know, we, we try and give them um, some publicity in local papers. But, you know, even in a national paper, we've seen someone like Michelle Farrell from Longford, you know, being rolled out or something like that instead of your usual, no disrespect to Sinead Goldrick or anything like that, you know. But to see somebody like Michelle Farrell from Longford being one of the players out there and say, you know, in the 2020 campaign. Yeah, I think Nadine Doherty was very, you know, she she felt very strongly about that as well, that if it if it just ends up you know, that there's only three or four phases of the campaign, then it's, it's going to lose a lot of momentum. And uh, and I'm not just talking about, you know, uh, get a football, ladies get a football or anything like that, but it's with every sport that I think that's actually one of the key factors in what you said there, Denise, is that it be rolled further, you know, further afield to the smaller counties and, you know, obviously deliver, like, local marketing campaigns because that's probably the only way you're going to do it. Like, it, you know, if the company who are as good as what Nadine had mentioned um, are undertaking projects like this, it, they, would be, they would have a massive impact, you know, in rural uh, communities as well, I think. Gemma, um, so much and so many players, um, so much talked about it, um, girls going over to the AFL. First of all, if the opportunity ever rose, would you do it? And secondly, you know, are the GPA kind of worried that, you know, the lure of the AFL and going over there kind of might start a lot more players going over? 
Um, to your first question, not a chance. Uh, I'm, <laughs> <Veronica>. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm probably happy enough with my lot at this stage, uh, with Gaelic games. Um, and secondly, I suppose at the minute it, it's working okay in terms of the mm. calendars. Um, and it's a massive opportunity for the players, uh, that are getting the right there. Um, I suppose, what is it, five this year? Yeah. Um, probably out of a, a playing population of uh, somewhere close to, I suppose even if you look at the inter-county squad, it's probably uh, 800 or 900. Um, it's probably not uh, massive, like I suppose we'd be, well, I personally am only delighted to see them getting the chance. I think, what I think is the really good thing about it is it shows the calibre of uh, mm-hmm. where female Gaelic athletes are at. Um, in terms of their physical preparation, in terms of their transferable skills, in terms of their mental preparation. You know, there's so many qualities to celebrate and it's probably only by going to something like that that you actually see, um, I suppose, just how, what sort of level um, the players are actually already at. Um, I suppose when they can be so easily adapted into the other games. Um, so it's a credit to all of them involved. Uh, I thought actually Ashley McCarthy when she went over was, was probably the best uh suited for it in terms mm. of her power and her, her skill set. Um so it's glad to see Ashley getting the chance to and I've no doubt they'll all they'll all uh, do well and, and be a credit to us all I suppose. So any other sport, would you have played any other sport or take <laughs> up? I can imagine you now with a a hurley in your hands you know, playing camogie or something like that? Um, no, actually, no. Uh, I, I went to, there's no real camogie around my year. Um, mm. They started up a senior team when I was about 27 and I went to one training session and never went back. So <laughs> that was uh, unfortunate. Um, but no, I would have played netball in school. Um, loved sort of athletics, like long jump, javelin, everything. Um and played a bit of soccer at university, uh, along with a, a few other names, uh, Caroline O'Hanlon being one, um, and um, there's a few others. Uh, I went to one rugby match ever uh, for Armagh, and never went back to that either. <laughs> so uh, no, it's been it's been Gaelic football all the way for me now. If you had, a ch- you know, if by pick, if you had to pick out. Influences. Um, kind of, we look at um, Tyrone, and especially with the with the men's football. But even when you look outside uh, your own county, at female wise, um, any influences um, or you know people that you a when you started off look up to, or even now you aspire to uh, be. Um, probably starting off with Ellis Gormley. Um, was from my she's my club. Um, and it kind of stuck with me forever. Going down in 1989 to see Tyrone win the Junior All Ireland. Uh, I think Ellis scored three, two or three goals that day. Um, so it was just probably like a goal plus at that stage. So Longford beat Tyrone in '97 in that. That's it. I think they yeah. lost three, two or three in a row with yeah. Tyrone in that one. So it was hard earned. Um, and then Ellis uh, has been great as well throughout my career growing up and she's been, always been a great support for everybody in Carrickmore. She's just such a great club woman. Um, she's probably rare to all in that sense. But uh, I suppose like more recently, like probably every female athlete in Ireland would have looked up to Katie Taylor when she was yeah. um, over at the Olympics. You know, that was, uh, I suppose, the story of beating the odds and, and being real world class and what she achieved and what she set her mind to and being so focused and... Um, she was it was probably just that dedication I think that uh, I probably admired most in her um, but uh, that's that was probably 
the main two to be honest. There's so many great players now that uh, I suppose you could uh, you could pick out so many. Yeah, isn't it amazing? And obviously, and you know, we're talking about the 2020, how we want to get out there, and and it's the likes of TG Carter having those games that we're able to look at at ladies football. Has there ever been talk at the, the WGPA of, I know there's talk of the ladies going in under the umbrella of, um, with the GA, of even the camogie and the ladies football coming together? Amalgamating? Um, not that I know. I know last year that the GA obviously signed the, the MOU, whatever mm. it was, to work closer with the GA, or with ladies football and camogie. Um, I would say probably long term, like you could see, it probably makes the most sense in terms of facilities and you know it works so well at the one club model. Um, was that just my own personal opinion? Like that's uh, well, so from my own club experience to know it's everybody sort of equal and you treat it so well. It's, it just makes sense. But at a at a county level, um, the county squads are the ones that are really fall between two stools, if you like. Um. Because inter-county ladies teams generally up to now probably haven't had their own facilities. Yeah. Um, they don't have anywhere they can call home as such. There's nobody with real like die-hard club loyalty that would give them access to facilities. Um, and everybody, I suppose, working on the ladies teams and have their own clubs loyalties as well. So up to now it probably has been uh, an anomaly, if you like. Um, whereas within the club model, it works so well, the one club model. Um, so I would hope, I would hope, I suppose that things keep getting better and that uh, there is closer alliances. And say for the likes of facilities, if there was uh, arrangements or agreements made um, just to improve access to facilities, um, I suppose one prime example being the centre of excellences that are built with so many pitches yeah. that probably aren't used up in, for 90% of the year. Um, it just doesn't make a lot of sense in, in my head. So. I would hope. I'd hope to keep working closer together anyway. Yeah, you know yourself, Diane, from from being a manager and trying to get pitches and that. Um, the one club model, um, you know, it's not, you know, uh, there's not that many around. I know in Longford, Kilo now, um, you know, Kilo, um, Diane, they're going to form one club, and I think it's a, a fantastic thing, um, to do that. And as you said, Jamie, it works so well with your own club. Um, but it's amazing that it, it, there's not that many clubs around that are under the one club, ladies and men's. No, there's not. And from hearing it, like from hearing about it and reading just a small bit um, about it, it sounds like an absolutely brilliant initiative, you know, because you have both groups then, you know, I suppose, pulling together to finance certain things. And I see like, you know, you, you can see with a lot of county teams at the moment, um, you know, for example, you might have a nutritionist in with the men's team and they're then coming across to work with the ladies' team of the same county. The same with strength conditioning. I've heard of a couple of counties that have been, I suppose, lucky enough to be able to avail of that. And that's great at a county level, but it would be just fantastic at club level if there was more clubs that did just what you're saying there, what Kilo have done, um, what they, what Gemma, the club that she's aware of, have done it as well. Like, it's just, it's a really, it makes a lot of sense. Um, just something there I want to ask you, Gemma, in terms of like the WGPA, like who, who's actually on the executive? Like, who do you have? Like, and what are, say, what's your specific role and so on? Uh, on the executive, uh, we have named, uh, the Issa Lane's chairperson, uh, Kate Kelly's treasurer, Fiona McHale's secretary, and the other committee members, uh, Valerie McKay, Anna Geary, myself, 
uh, Carla Leary and Anya Tai. That's it, seven aside. Who am I missing? There's nine, I'm missing somebody. Uh, right. uh, I can't even remember who I'm saying. What's your role in it then, your role? Uh, I would sort of do day to day stuff, I suppose, for them, which is a bit of everything and anything. Um, uh, sort of being in and out of the GPA office, it would work very closely with them. Um, but I suppose the, if you like the day to day administration of stuff that we'll be at. Um, that's my role, everything and anything, just whatever needs done. And just, um, with, um, like just with the fact that there's, like, you know, players that are still currently playing on it, you don't, do you think there'd ever be a conflict of interest sometimes that, you know, players are involved in the executive and still playing? Or do you think uh, that, that well, That's the very nature, as well as player, player representative bodies. Um, that's what the, the makeup of them is. Um, I suppose we're very careful to try and be as impartial as possible. And there's even things we're looking at now, like the scholarships coming up, um, in terms of there being, a, I suppose, a fair and transparent process around the scoring for that. Um, it's just making sure that the, the right procedures and processes are in place. Um, I suppose we're all, we're all trying to get the best for all 55 squads that we have to, to mind and look after. Um, so... We we do the best we can. And have you any plans for um, an alumni uh, WGPA group? <laughs> <laughs> we do. It's a it's a tough one because it's so so big. I suppose that's the the challenge. Um, Denise Denise is involved in the team down there. Um, uh, mothers and others, and you know they might want to be part of this uh, WGPA as well if they have any welfare yeah. issues. What do you think, Denise? Yeah, I'm the others. I actually haven't been. I'm such a bad trainer. I got injured and then I was away on holiday and um, kind of I've just been been so bold. But I just think, you know, when, we, when you see the, the fellas and I think just think the WGPA is a fantastic thing and it's great to have a player's body out there. But as you said, you know, it can be hard, you know, conflict of interest. But as Gemma said, you have to have that uh, player representative. Um, I suppose with no football, it kind of keeps you going dur- during the close season, does it, Gemma? Oh, that's it. It's even busier now. Um, as we've seen, we're in Port Lisa this week and of his, of his workshops coming up, we would do grant workshops along with the, the ladies football and camogie, uh, which brings the managers, the county board and the players all together, um, which is great. Um so uh, yeah, there's plenty going on. Uh, so we're on the planning again for next year. Um, and then who holds routine. all of who holds all of those workshops there that you're talking about? Do you train people to be able we, to? Well, myself. Last year it was, it was myself, uh, Lynn Savage from Ladies Football, and Paul uh, Donovan from Camogie that delivered them. Um, so there's a real collaborative approach, um, both at the administration level, if you like, and then that filters down as opposed to the county level. Um, and it's it's just very straightforward. There's always discussion about the grant and filling the form. Um, we did four, three regional ones sorry, last year, and we're hoping to do four this year. So um, it's good to get out and about. And, and we we would work on the the committee. Um, the, the grants is a collaboration across the three bodies, so um, it's uh, it works really well. I suppose at the committee level, it's great. Uh, fairly regular meetings with uh, the couple of committee representatives. So. Um, yeah, and then I suppose the only other thing I want to ask then, just out, outside of that, is 
in terms of Tyrone being up senior, um, as you said earlier, like I was going to ask, much the same question. You don't, you don't want to see happen what happened Tipperary, like you just don't like. So, what does that mean for you guys off season? Does it mean you have to tone down the celebrations of winning the All Ireland? Um, yeah, it means they're going back to Fitness testing on Sunday, so uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting. Um, but no, it's, it's uh, you have to manage it. There's girls playing college football already. There's girls still playing with club um, there's girls finished up the club only about a week or so there's some girls probably have done nothing there's a few fresh faces they want to bring in like Derry be very shrewd in terms of um, allowing people to I suppose manage their own uh, timetables at uh, certain points um, so I, I would expect much the same probably between now and, and at least January in a way um, yeah. just to try and I suppose give people who need a rest a rest give people who ever need to sort out injuries or uh, just take themselves up a bit in the winter. Um, we're very good uh, strength and conditioning coach as well, Sarah Connolly. Um, she keeps everybody right and I suppose is fairly specific about people's needs. So, yeah, I follow uh, her on Instagram actually. Like she, yeah, she's, she's really tough. <laughs> yeah, she's it, I could be just, so. yeah, I could be sitting in a car park looking at it, which is the wrong time to be actually watching these <laughs> yeah. fantastic exercises when you feel you need to actually yeah. be doing them yourself. So yeah, she's she seems very active and has all bases covered for a strength condition. Yeah, yeah, she's brilliant. So, but I suppose girls have had a good, well, whoever's done nothing has had a good time, a uh, good downtime. Um, so they'll probably be, I suppose the younger ones, the more fresh-faced ones, will be mad to rare to go again to, to get out onto the pitch for Super Great. Well, listen, we wish you all the very best um, for 2019. I imagine, like, you know, it's, it's so near. Um, Jamma, it was absolutely great having a chat with you, you know, all talking about Tyrone football and you as a footballer, but also um, you as a member of the WGPA. And uh, wish you all the best for the Night of the All-Stars, where you're up for the Intermediate Players Player of the Year. Uh, also want to thank our uh, football expert, uh, Diana Hoare, as well, for joining us tonight. Be sure to check out sportstalk.ie, our website, and we're on all social media outlets. So until next week, slán go fall. Check out gemevents.ie, candy carts, chocolate fountains, selfie mirrors. we got all your party needs covered at gemevents.ie, healthandfitnessireland.net. We put you back in control of your health, fitness, nutritional and well-being needs through education, advice and motivation. Check out healthandfitnessireland.net. Looking to dance the night away? Check out the lols.ie the perfect sound for your next wedding, party or function. Great set lists, lively and sure crowd pleasers. The laws.ie